0: Well, obviously, my favorite player for the Minnesota Wild of all time is Devin Dubnik. (laughs) April Fools, fuck you, Dubnik. (laughs)
1: To uh, start this episode, by making sure that uh, my partner in crime here uh, is, and I think we all know this, but um, and and I don't think there's any question the best player in the National Hockey League is one Connor McDavid of the Edmonton Oilers. Um, his, you know what I'm going to tell you this, I don't I don't think it surprises anybody anymore. But you know the second best player in the National Hockey League might be his teammate Leon Drysaddle. Might yeah, be. I think Might I be. think so, and I think Dry Saddle still got the best name. But um, what a one-two punch in Edmonton. But for any of the Edmonton fans out there that are concerned um, about the long term, the longevity, or whatever you want to say about the next time that the Edmonton Oilers win a Stanley Cup, I'm gonna I'm gonna put your I'm gonna calm your nerves right here, because when Wayne Gretzky says something. The best thing you can do is just shut the hell up and listen to what the man has to say. Um, I'm a, a huge admirer of Wayne Gretzky. Uh, I've told you many times on this program that I've had the honor to meet him on my golf course back in 2003. And I've got tapes down here. We got i got to show you these tapes someday, right down there of that golf course. And you you can see me sitting there about this far away from Wayne Gretzky. I made the tape when they they did the Wayne Gretzky and Friends charity golf tournament at Valley Ridge in 2003. And um, I was part of that and I got to meet Mr. Gretzky and it was awesome. But when Wayne Gretzky comes out and tells the world, anybody that will listen, that Mr. Gretzky has recently told Connor McDavid that he will win a cup because, and I quote, you're too good not to, end quote. So if there's any Edmontonian fans, Edmund, uh, Edmonton Euler fans, besides the one that I'm sitting next to, that uh, you're worried about the next time that the Oilers organization raises Lord Stanley's Cup, don't worry about it. (laughs) It's going to happen. Wayne Gretzky has said, because Connor McDavid is too damn good, that's gold to me. I believe it, and uh, I think it's going to happen. I hope he means that when he says that, though. I hope he means it's going to happen in Edmonton. I'd hate to see somewhere down the line where McDavid decides to... You know, like a lot of players in the National Hockey League, they they want to go for the the uh, the greener pastures of of a bigger market and uh, more money and yada 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 and more exposure. I don't see that with Connor McDavid. I see a well raised young man who happens to be a hell of a hockey player, and uh, I just hope when Gretzky says you're going to win a cup because you're too damn good, I hope that he, and I I think he obviously meant, but I hope he means that's in Edmonton. That's where it needs to be. No question. Um, there are a lot of things to talk about. And I mentioned this at the end of our 485th episode that we had heard from a good friend of the show, our buddy, Ryan Hall. Hi, Nicole. There's your shout out. Um, Nicole is the brains of the organization. Um, Ryan is the front man, let's just say that. Ryan came up with a good idea to help us uh, come up with some ideas and some topics to talk about today, and I really liked this one. Chris introduced it to me, and I thought, yeah, let's do it. Ryan had suggested that we take every 31, so all of the National Hockey League teams, and we'll go through all 31, and Chris will give who he thinks his his favorite player from that team and then I will give my favorite player from that team. And um, I think it's apropos to talk about the National Hockey League, um, especially since this suggestion was given to us by a tried and true Los Angeles Kings fan, as Ryan is. And uh, I was very intrigued by it. And so we're going to do it. And um, I will give a team. Chris, again, will will give his his favorite player from that team. And I, and I, there is no caveats on here. This player can be alive, dead, present, uh, retired, wherever. Okay. Now, if you say the Hanson brothers, um, probably not apropos. But um, if you want to say the Hanson brothers, fine, go ahead. Um, but we're going to go through all 31 teams and we will uh, pick our favorite player, past, present. Uh, on that team, and I think it should be a lot of fun. And again, if you folks want to join along, please feel free. Go on to one of our nine different social media avenues. Leave your list. Leave your names. Um, And again, I'm going to ask and continue to do so, even though I'm going to quicken it up. uh, We're still looking for your subscriptions to Unscripted with Mike and Chris. If you'd be so kind to go to our Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, or iTunes those are our big five. Go on, on to one of those avenues. You can go on to all five of them if you'd like. Please subscribe. That helps us get our subscription numbers up. That's I won't mention it anymore. So having said all that, I want to start this little National Hockey League fiesta. All 31 teams currently in the National Hockey League. And Chris and I are going to give our favorite player on each of those teams. Again, past, present, current, future. I don't know any future, you know, but... We will see. So we will start. And all we did, and Chris just went into the, uh, as he likes to call it, the power rankings, which is really the standings. We will start with right now, points-wise, the best team in the Eastern Conference, which is the Boston Bruins. That's where we'll start. Mr. Fluke will give his favorite player of Boston Bruins history. I'll give mine, and then we'll go on and finish the rest of the list. Sir, Boston Bruins is yours.
0: Sure, I'll just quickly say, too, that I think for this list – I'm going to make it so I don't say the same human being more than once. Oh, good. I, I, yeah, yeah. I don't want to say Gretzky for Edmonton and LA and St. Louis right. and the Rangers. I don't want to do that. Right, so, right. so I won't do it's a that. a good one. Yeah. 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 So just, just uh, only, so even though Gretzky would be my favorite LA King ever, I won't pick him. because obviously I'll put him on the Oilers. but anyway, so because we should then take him for whichever team you like. And I, to the best I,
1: I want to put one thing in here. If mm-hmm. you just for dexterity, if you say Wayne Gretzky in Edmonton, I'll come up with somebody else. Okay. I don't want the same guy in the same city. Sure, okay. I think I can I think I can come up with a second name. And I've even got another guy for Edmonton already. I'm putting Gretzky in LA. Okay, mm-hmm. sounds good. All right, so well yeah, we'll start with the
0: Boston Bruins. This was a tough one for me cuz I actually wanted to say Ray Bork, because I mean, he was just so solid and did it all. And again, we've talked just recently about how I love that. I, I loved that whole Colorado thing, last moment of yes. his career, Joe cans in the cup, and he raised it. Love that. So I do like Ray Bork, he, he hard shot, defensive, offensive, Could just, I mean, amazing, amazing, one of the greatest ever to do it. But uh, and then I, I also... I also really, really, really wanted to say Cam Neely because uh, he invented mm. the forward position. I really, there's so many great Bruins, but I, I have to say Bobby Orr and I apologize because you'd probably want to say Bobby Orr as well. Um, of course you would. So Bobby actually, you know what? No, you know what? Because that Bobby Orr is is who i said, but I want to give, I want to let you say Bobby Orr for that one. Thank so you. I mm. will say, I will say Cam Neely, Seabass from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> who was
1: just, you
0: know, I just always remember that, like, you know, Ah Seabass said he paid for our meals. Like Seabass said that. Oh, if that Seabass over there, and he just point the big pointing at himself. I, I love that. Uh But yeah, he was he was great, and he really invented the power forward position in hockey. He'd score fifty goals. He was big. He'd mow you down, and and just like Bobby Orr, he would, uh, you know, he had the knee injuries which really hurt him. Uh, the famous one with Alf Samuelson doing the intentional knee on knee, that piece of shit Alf Samuelson. So uh I, I love Cam Neely. He's still with the team. You know, what a what a pickup that was. Cause if you remember, uh that was one of the most lopsided trades in history, if I'm not getting that yep. wrong. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, he's from I think I believe he's Born in uh, Comox on the on Vancouver Island, I think is where Cam is oh, really? from. Oh, yeah. And then he even was drafted by Vancouver. And if I'm not mistaken, the trade was Cam Neely and a first-round pick for Barry Peterson. Okay. And Barry Peterson went on to play 43 games with the Canucks, and that was about it. Cam Neely went on to uh, reinvent playing Ford in the NHL, and the first-round pick ended up being Glenn Wesley, one of the greatest defensemen of all time. So that you could make the case. That's the most lopsided trade in NHL history. I know there's some bad ones, but but, I mean, Cam Neely and Glenn Wesley for Barry Peterson is, uh, it's hard to make it more lopsided than that. So yeah, uh, Cam Neely love Cam Neely and sorry, I I won't take this long on most of them, but I really like Cam Neely.
1: Um, well, Boston for me is, is, and this is because, um, I had gotten into many conversations years ago on my radio show down in the States with Mr. Don Cherry. And, um, Don Cherry one time, um, was vacationing somewhere and he had an obligation to come on, uh, to my show and he was on vacation and still made adjustments and still made the, whatever he needed to do to make that show. And he happened to be with Bobby Orr. And so I got to interview Don Cherry and Bobby Orr in the same instance. And, um, that's almost orgasmic for a hockey fan. And um, so, you know, um, Bobby Orr was before my time, but I've sure read enough about him over the years from Brantford, Ontario, playing on no knees and scored one of the greatest goals of all time in the 1970s Stanley Cup uh, Finals against the St. Louis Blues. And obviously, uh, Don Cherry has said many times, it's the greatest, greatest hockey player of all time. In his opinion, I'm going with Bobby Orr for the Boston Bruins.
0: Yeah, can't uh, can't blame you for that one. And Bobby Orr played only nine seasons and was a defenseman, and he's still yeah. one of the top scorers ever yeah. against a bunch of forwards who played twice that long. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So uh, if we're going the order of the standings, I guess we're going to St. Louis next.
1: Next one we're going is to the St. Louis Blues, correct. Okay,
0: sounds good. So for the St. Louis Blues, I'm going to select Adam Oates. Who, oh, nice. Who is the John Stockton of the NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, really set up... Uh, Brett Hall all day long and Brett Hall's kind of a douchebag but he got set up repeatedly by Adam Oates and Adam Oates made him look good and uh, I appreciated Adam Oates uh, about whenever that was 15 years ago or so at this point I think where he he spent a year where he actually came to the Oilers just to be a veteran presence and and just you know he was at the end of his career and he just came to mentor some guys in the locker room there and I really appreciated that so I, I just really really like smart playmakers like like mm-hmm. that like the John Stockton's of the world so yeah Adam Oates is my favorite St. Louis blue
1: St. Louis blue I mean I don't like the guy personally I I uh he started here in Calgary people may or may not know that but and you know he always liked to and I think his dad was a bit of a horse's ass mm-hmm. sometimes as well uh but you can't deny the amount of goals that Brett Hall scored. And I'm not going to linger on about this guy. He seems to be confused sometimes. Is he Canadian? Is he American? Because, of course, his father is Canadian. His mother is American. Uh, Played on Team USA because, as good as he was, he wasn't going to break the lineup for Team Canada. But uh, I go with uh, Brett Hall for the St. Louis Blues. Next on the docket, the Colorado Avalanche.
0: I really don't like to just take, you know, the best, one of the best players in the organization and kind of the face of franchise for a long time. Uh, in this case, but uh, for the Colorado Avalanche, I think I have to, and I have to go with Joe Sakic. Yeah, Burnaby Joe, because he was just you know all class, as I just mentioned, where he hands Bork the cup before he even celebrates as it with it as the captain. Uh, I do that. i don't never seen that before or since, and uh, you know, Joe Sakic was one of the top guys. I mean, if if he hadn't been playing at the same time as Gretzky, Lemieux, and Iserman, he would have probably been considered the best player in the league. Uh, I remember when I started collecting hockey cards when I was 10 years old, uh, the first pro set I remember had just come out. It was f- for after the 89-90 season. And I remember it always talked about, and all the hockey cards back then talked about how in that season, Joe Sakic had, I think, the third worst plus minus in the league. He was minus 40, but he had over 100 points. And I think second place uh, in scoring on the Nordiques that year was like 30-some points. Oh, my God. I mean, he was unbelievable. And uh, I remember there was one famous thing. Some young guy was uh, in a game and uh, sitting on the bench, and Joe Sakic was waiting to take like a penalty shot or something. And Joe Sakic said, watch this kid top shelf or whatever, and then he just goes and does it, you know, top shelf on the goalie. And, uh, yeah, Burnaby Joe, pretty classic guy, a lot like Iserman, like a very similar guy to Iserman, elite talent, kind of quiet, and uh, just an interesting uh, just an interesting dude. So yeah, Joe Sackick for the Avalanche.
1: Okay, for the Avalanche, um, I have two names. And obviously my first guess or my first uh, choice was just taken. And that's fine. It's the way it should be. Uh, you don't get much classier than Burnaby Joe Sackick. But um, I really didn't know a lot about this guy until last year. And I didn't know a lot about this guy until the first round of playoffs and how he single-handedly dominated the Calgary Flames. And um, I appreciated that. So my Colorado Avalanche vote goes to Nathan McKinnon. I, I like this young man. I think he's a, a, a future uh, MVP in the league. Uh, and I just think that, um, you know, Colorado's had some down years and um, for a lot of different reasons. And I think part of it was, as the general manager, Joe Sakuk was kind of trying to get his feet wet a little bit in his new role as the head of hockey operations for the Colorado Avalanche, and I think he's done it with a guy uh, like uh, Nathan McKinnon. So that's my vote for Colorado Avalanche and my favorite player in the Avalanche organization. Next on their list, we're going to the Florida Inland Coast, the Gulf of Mexico side, and we're going to talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Sir, you're on the clock.
0: Boy, that's a tough one with the Lightning, but I think I'll have to go with... Yeah, oh, that's a tough one. Yeah, I think I think I would just go with uh, their best player today, which is Nikita Kucherov, who has just really been so good and has you know who actually beat McDavid for the Art Ross last year, which was really impressive. Got off to a really slow start this year and then just turned it on and he was kind of charging up the rankings there. But uh, yeah, just a really really ultra talented player, a guy who kind of hit his absolute peak later on in life and uh, well, I mean not that late, but late for an athlete. And so, yeah, he's he's one of the best players in the world now. And uh, it was one of those ones that you didn't think would happen where he'd be that good, but uh, he has been.
1: No question. Um, Tampa Bay, I'm going to go a little uh, old school. And not that this player is beyond his, his prime, but um, he probably technically is beyond his prime now. Uh, I think this guy was the face of the fa- franchise for years and years. Um, going back to, you know, um, I don't know, wasn't Phil Esposito some in some way, shape, or form involved with the Lightning organization way, way back? I, for some reason, I don't, I don't know why. Know. I, don't know I, why. I, I don't. But I mean, obviously, Iserman had put as the general manager then of the Tampa Bay Lightning, he put them on the on the map and and put them to respectability. But I'm going with Steven Stamkos. Uh, you know, I didn't know many Tampa Bay Lightning's guys for a lot, a lot of years, and the one guy that was always there. Always in top 10. And I always, I almost went with Martan St. Louis too because he's a little guy. And I remember watching Martan St. Louis when he started here in Calgary. And I don't think he got a fair shake in Calgary. But he went down to Tampa and really, for a guy that's my size, five foot nine at best, I thought Martan, and you know what? Screws Tamco's. I'm going with Martan St. Louis. He turned himself into an all star down there in Tampa. And so for that reason, I'm going with Martan St. Louis down in tampa next on our list is the 20 i guess it'd be the 2018 stanley cup champion winning team the washington capitals
0: sure uh i'm gonna go there with peter bondra who was
1: Oh, that's a good one.
0: Yeah, from the 90s. Fast or, guy too. Yes, that's why he was so fast and it's it's neat. I still to this day like to play NHL 94 for the Genesis with Ron Barr's oh, animated mug at the beginning. <laughs> and uh, you, you know he's got to bring yeah. that up. <laughs> so You know,
1: he used to he used to have pictures of that cover.
0: Oh, I bet he did. 100% I, he did. All
1: over the Sports Byline Studios. And if you would get if he'd get pissed off at you and he was always pissed off at me, he'd go, "Mike, when you get your face on a cover like this, then you can bitch at me, and he would go, Ron, I don't need a f- cover on my face to bitch at you, and uh, but he would just sit there and go, when you get your cover on, you get your mug on a on a cover of this, then you know you've. Did he it. just get that because he knew somebody? And well, of course there, he did. Yeah. Well, <laughs> That's you know,
0: accomplished.
1: Ron Barr, and Ron, if you're listening, you know it's true. You know that um, on the other side of the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, leaving the city going out on the other side is Marin County and Marin County per capita is some of the, if not the most, one of the most expensive places to live in all the United States. Okay. Ron Barr lives in Marin County. You want to know how he does that? He married money. Yeah. And that's how Ron Barr started sports byline. That's how Ron Barr got his sports casting job at channel five CBS in San Francisco was because of his wife's money. It sure as hell wasn't because of his talent. I'm, I'm, I had to say that guy just that guy just gets
0: <laughs> sorry to bring him up anyway uh yeah but Peter Bondra. it's funny because in NHL 94 he's about the only guy who's 99 speed but uh he's only average in the other attributes but he's just so fast and I just loved how smooth and fast he was as a player he was kind of like the left-handed European version of Mike Gartner just mm-hmm. just really fast and just really smooth and uh, just uh, just a pleasure to watch
1: I couldn't agree more. Now, I was expecting you to go to Ovechkin. I thought you were, yeah. And so I had a backup. So, uh I'm going to give this guy co-honors. Obviously, Ovechkin. Is, you know,
0: well, you know, he's right up your alley. He's he's a lot of fun to watch and he loves going on benders. So Exactly.
1: So, I mean, we're just like, we, you know, <laughs> brothers from other mothers, you know? We're just right there. But I'm going to go a little old school because I had a backup plan on this one. When I first was introduced to the National Hockey League, way, way, way back. This guy was the star of the Washington Capitals team, and his name was Rod Langley.
0: I thought you were going to say him. What number was he? Five. Yes, sir. You got it.
1: And um, he played on some really bad Washington Capitals teams that were nondescript. They were, just, they were an afterthought, but this guy was a solid hockey player, and that's why if Chris had gone the way I thought he was going to go, he was going to go Ovi, I was going to go Rod Langway just because of, here's a guy that was a superstar um, but never got acknowledged as one because he played on some really, really bad Washington Capitals team. Well, he was also a
0: defensive defenseman. True. So he wasn't very flashy. But even despite that, and you know he was the captain, but despite that, I mean, there was, growing up, you know, I knew and my friend, a lot of my friends knew, like, all the players because we were collecting hockey cards. Sure. And, but yet, if you asked the average kid, like, name someone from the Washington Capitals. Like, Rod Langway is the only guy they could name. I mean, right. it was like, who the for hell sure. on the Washington Capitals? For sure, absolutely. So, yeah, no, he, uh, he, had a, he had a really nice, solid career, for sure. No,
1: no question about it. Um, next, uh, where we're going next is to, and this is so funny when they say this, the city of brotherly love. Nobody loves anybody in Philadelphia except themselves. But that's where we're going next. Your favorite player, sir, from the Philadelphia Flyers organization.
0: This might be the hardest one because like I always say they just they're assholes, they love assholes, they want to be assholes. They go out of their way, they trip over themselves to sign and find assholes. How do you pick uh on the Philadelphia Flyers? Holy man, that's a tough one. Like I saw this and I was just dreading it and I've been racking my brain here. I've got I mean I I can I can, and the funny thing is as far as random teams that I don't care about go, I can probably name as many not just and and not even as much current but classic Flyers as as any team yeah and yet it's still so hard to name so I've got some ideas for this one I wouldn't mind if you would go first and we could see what you've got well
1: what I'm going to go with is an unsung hero in my estimation from when the last time the Flyers won the Stanley Cup which was 1974 1975 and I'm going with the goaltender Bernie Perron oh that's a nice one yeah that's a nice
0: one. He was, he was very, they had a lot of talented
1: goalies. I mean, you, like you say, you could rattle off a bunch of names of leadheads on that team and you'd start with Bobby Clark and, you know, you could just progressively go down. But I, I thought that Bernie Perrant was an unsung hero on that team. And uh, that's why I decided to go with him.
0: All right. Uh, well, actually, you know what? There were some players that I really liked there. Uh, and so, I mean, I could say Brent Feddeck from Yorkton, Saskatchewan. Uh, I could say Mark Reckie, who was just so I solid I have Mark so Reckie on here, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. solid for so long. But who I might say, because he's so underrated, people didn't realize how big this guy was and how talented he was. And that's John Le- uh, John LeClaire. And that's John LeClaire.
1: <laughs> Easy for you yeah, to holy say. holy <laughs> man.
0: I don't know why that's, that name's hard. Mr. Broadcaster. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> uh, but I haven't checked this lately, but I'm sure this was it. And because our buddy... Uh, Sean out in Vancouver our Vancouver bureau chief he uh, he loves having really good NHL trivia questions that most people wouldn't get right Mm -hmm. not because they're so obscure but just because they're just you know things you wouldn't expect and uh, I believe uh, the question goes you know who is the last NHL player to score 50 goals three consecutive seasons in a row now Unless John I'm, Leclerc did. I that. believe, yeah, like yeah. late '90s, right now. Like, like, who's gonna get that?
1: Did he play on Lindros's line?
0: Uh, yeah, he did yeah. for a while here. Yeah, I think he was. It, they were the Legion of Doom. Correct. The two of them, and, I, and then yeah. they'd have like a third guy. And... I just couldn't
1: pull the trigger on Lindros. No, you go... couldn't pull the, no, you pull the trigger on Lindros. The break. only one that thinks he's a legend is Carl Lindros. Yeah. So you're going with Leclaire yeah, on with Philly, Leclerc okay? There, yeah. So. This is going to be an interesting one because right off the bat, there's like four names that come to right to my head, but my name's going to surprise you. So this time I'm going to ask you to go first in regard to the Pittsburgh Penguins organization.
0: Yeah. And I have, and there's so many great names. You're absolutely. not going to have trouble coming up with a name or anything, but I have to go with Super Mario. I have to absolutely go with Mario. Well,
1: you go with Mario, you go with, uh, obviously Sid the Kid, uh, you go with Evgen- Evgeny Melkin. Well,
0: yes, but this list But here's mine. Oh, you got a different. one. I got
1: a different one. Okay, and here's why. Okay, I shafted this guy a couple of weeks ago. We had something going on about we were talking about something, and I forgot about this guy that went to the University of Wisconsin from Hell's oh, Kitchen, New York. Yes, and I've got to go because I I I didn't. Oh, I know what it was. I didn't have him on my top five all time of Americans yeah, in the yeah. National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. And I I I felt sick about that because Joey Mullen should have been on that freaking list for sure. And so with all respect to uh, Mario Lemieux, Sid the Kid, uh, Evgeny Malkin, you know them all. I'm going with Joey Mullen from Hell's Kitchen, New York via the University of Wisconsin. I'm going with Joey Mullen for Pittsburgh Penguins.
0: Yeah, and, and again, and, and I love that pick because what I was going to say was that this is a list of our favorite players doesn't Mm -hmm. mean they're the best it means they're our favorite and so I don't really have a problem with Sidney Crosby but he doesn't really I mean and and nothing to do with his talent his talent is elite class, and he's won three cups which by which by today's standards is spectacular and he's the captain so I mean great nothing against Sid but I mean he would just never be my favorite player like he doesn't you know I like Malkin better than him probably and uh, I but and you know Jager, I didn't really care about, but Mario... Jeez, I
1: forgot about Jager. Yeah, Yeah.
0: but I love Mario Lemieux. I mean, you could make the case. He's the only guy who's kind of up around Gretzky's level of points per game. And I mean, you could say that if he had played as long as Gretzky and not gotten cancer and all that, that maybe he could have been the top player ever. But as it stands, no one's within a thousand... Well, no, sorry. Two guys are within a thousand points of Gretzky now, I guess. But uh, he's just... You know, it it still baffles me that Wayne Gretzky is the... Leading goal scorer in NHL history, and you could take away all his goals and just leave his assist, and he's still the leading point scorer. That's amazing. Like that's that that's, shouldn't even be possible. That's amazing, right? So yeah, I mean it's easy to say Lemieux you know, should be up there, but that's I, he's way behind. I've
1: gotta I've gotta add. You've always told me about the smaller goalie pads back in Gretzky's time. I saw Game Six of the nineteen eighty night Game Seven of the nineteen eighty six. Smythe division final in 86 between Edmonton and Calgary, where Steve Smith puts the goal in in his own net, and it ultimately leads to a 3-2 win for Calgary, and they go on to the Stanley Cup final, And they, but they lose to the Montreal Canadiens. But I made it a thing to look at those goalie pads that Mike Vernon had on and, and Grant Fuhrer had on. He was in goal that night for, for the Edmonton Oilers. I can't believe how much smaller they were then. And the guys
0: were way smaller too. Yeah. So so like you, Vernon's just a little shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these guys were all five foot eight or five foot ten, and they're wearing these little pads. And you, when you see if the camera shows you kind of like going in on a breakaway, let's say, like you're going in, and it's like there's just huge gaps of net, like here, 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 and nowadays you try and do that and between the guys being six foot six or six foot seven they're all like six foot four or higher I think right now pretty much and having the big equipment you combine those two things there's nothing there. like there's you have to pass it across or deke them out or something like that if you just shoot it there's nothing to shoot at right right I mean yeah it's a totally different thing and and that's why the scoring records largely can't be competed with because you know when Gretzky scored 212
1: points (laughs) like you that's a career now you
0: you could take him today and even give him the improved nutrition everything else but his same brain everything he can't do that like how many of his goals were wrist shots from 28 feet out like i mean you just can't do that anymore right so it's just a different game but yeah you're right i mean and that's that's why the records are so skewed and that's why it's so amazing when you get something like alexander ovechkin potentially beating Gretzky's gold record that's that shows how amazing ovechkin is
1: correct absolutely Um, We're next going to my quasi-favorite team in the National Hockey League. Uh, I'm still a little pissed off. Still pissed off that they got rid of uh, my guy, the coach in uh, Gerard Gallant in Las Vegas. But your favorite player in the short history of the Vegas Golden Knights.
0: This one's really really hard, too. I'm going to go with, and and this is just kind of a coin flip here, I think, with all the choices here. Boy, I'm gonna for now go with Mark Stone. I think. Be- oh my
1: god, I just wrote that name. Yeah, I thought name. you did. Okay. Just
0: he's just, he's just so versatile. He can kind of do it all, and I like him, and I I just think he's talented. But um, and I don't really have a, as much as I like the Golden Knights. I don't really have a strong feeling either way for a favorite player. How about you? Sure.
1: Um, well, I have written. I had written down Mark Stone, but uh, my second choice obviously will be the goaltender, Mark Andre Fleury. Um, mm-hmm. he brought credibility. That first year when they won 51 games, uh, still, obviously, and it, it's one of those records that will never get broken in my estimation. An expansion team comes out of the gate, wins 51 games, and ends up in the Stanley Cup's finals. So um, I'm going with Mark andre Fleury from the Vegas Golden Knights. This one will be interesting. The next one on our list, especially for my partner here, the Edmonton Oilers. I think I know where we're going, and I know where I'm going, so... The floor is yours.
0: Yeah, well, you said you're taking Wayne on the Kings, so... Right. Yeah, so I'll take Wayne on the Oilers. Uh, He's the best ever. He's the smartest ever to do it. I love smart football players, smart hockey players, smart basketball players, smart baseball players. I like smart athletes. That's what I go for. And Wayne Gretzky figured out his game mentally on a level that is pretty much unrivaled in the history of certainly athletic sports, I mean there would be games that certain people have maybe figured out amazing like you know maybe some great chess grandmasters like Bobby Fischer or something or if you take someone like Stu Unger at Gin Rummy who mastered it to a level where no one could even compete with him even if he gave them all sorts of advantages but other than that uh Wayne Gretzky figured out his game more than anyone else because he's not even you know remarkable physically in Man. any way he had he had no nothing about how he played the game was spectacular. I mean, yeah, his passes were incredibly accurate, but if you take away the mental part of the game, he seemed just average out there, right? But he was just so much smarter than everyone else, and I love that and gotta make him my number one.
1: Sounds good. Um my I'm going with the best name in hockey. And (laughs) you know, um he has come up and fought his way to being one of the top he's definitely in the top five, maybe in the top three of the National Hockey League. Leon Drysaddle. I love the name, but I love his game now. Um, already, he's over a hundred points this year. Before we stopped with this coronavirus stuff, obviously, he's uh, you know been a, he's, he's been a benefactor of, of sometimes being on Connor McDavid's line. But I like what Leon Drysaddle has done. He's got a never-ending motor, and uh, moving forward. He is one of the key components of any success that the Edmonton Oilers will enjoy, in my opinion, for sure. Um, next, we're going to the team that used to be the Minnesota North Stars, but now they call themselves the Dallas Stars. And sir, you're on the clock.
0: I don't know if there's a player in Dallas Stars history that I like. Yeah? To be honest with you, I've I've been trying to I've think... I've got two. Go ahead, and I'll try and think... I, I know a lot of them. And yeah. the thing is, we used to play them always in the 90s when they were a big powerhouse and we were the scrappy underdog. And other mm-hmm. than Game 7 overtime with Marchant the one year, you know, they would just beat us every year and it was really annoying. And I don't really like anyone on them. I'm going to try and come up with someone, but uh, please go ahead if you've got well, two. Well,
1: I'm going with the uh, the all-time American scoring leader in the National Hockey League, which was one Mike Madonna. And uh, Mike Madonna, um Won a controversial cup in 1999 as a member of the Dallas Stars under Ken Hitchcock. Um, I still to this day believe that uh, Brett Hall's goal should not have scored, but uh, that's not what we're here to debate today. Uh, my, I guess, favorite Dallas Stars player would be Mike Modano, the all-time leading, sc- leading scorer in National Hockey League, as an American. Not the all-time leading scorer in the National Hockey League, but the all-time leading American scorer in the National Hockey League. Number nine, Mike Madano.
0: Okay, well, I will just go with Ed Belfour then, because he played on them. My after, second but... one was Marty Turkle. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, he never did much for me either, and... I... Yeah, and I mean, Belfort, he was, I mean, I'll never forget that year. I mean, that was with Chicago, but when he came in and won, like, every trophy there is and and had that amazing season, and he was backed up by Dominic Hasek. I mean, what a goaltending tandem. Right. So, but I mean, in Dallas, I mean, he was just okay, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I have no problem with Eddie the Eagle. He was very, very talented, and I I respect that, but yeah, I I guess I take him by default because the Dallas Stars, I've just never cared for anyone on that team.
1: The next one on the on the list as we move along, and again, we welcome you to this special 486th episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. At the suggestion of a great friend of the show and just a great friend in overall, Mr. Ryan Hall, Ryan suggested that we take all 31 National Hockey League teams and we produce our favorite player on each of those 31 teams. We're about, oh, about a halfway through. And the next team on our list would be, I think, is going to be a tough one for both of us. It's the Carolina (laughs) Hurricanes.
0: And then this, of course, is the team that the Oilers had to face in the 06 Cup Final, where we got ripped off because our goalie got uh, steamrolled by one of their guys. So I don't really care for anyone on this team either. Uh, I will just say... Uh, I will, I will just go with Sebastian Ajo who they have now. Cause he's a very, very talented player and he's the nice. best player on their team. Just signed and so, a big contract. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll just go with him.
1: Well, this, to me, this was a really difficult one. Um, two of the Carolina players that I actually knew, um, play now for the Calgary Flames. Uh, Hannafin and some other guy. So that eliminated them right there. I'm just going to go with their current coach. Who used to be a pretty good player for the Carolina Hurricanes. Also in the day, a pretty good player for the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm going with Rod Brindamore as my guy for the Carolina Hurricanes. Probably more I don't know a whole bunch of Carolina Hurricanes, to be quite honest with you. Except for their cup run against Edmonton in oh 06. six. Um have they been real relevant? I mean, last year they were fun to watch because of the stuff that happened after the game on their on their home dates and it got Mr. Cherry all up in arms. But, uh, you know, for a sheer, I don't know many Carolina Hurricanes, I'm going with Rob Brindamore. The next one should be fun for both of us. <laughs> I really like, I'm looking forward to this one. It's our beloved Toronto Maple Leafs and uh, they're next on the clock. Mr. Fluke, the floor is yours.
0: I'm gonna go with Dougie Gilmore for the Toronto Maple Leafs because I love that he pissed off the flames and they had to give him away for not enough. And that just makes me happy. Uh, and and he did try really hard there. I liked some of his moments. I liked when he I liked when he slammed the penalty box door so hard he broke the glass. Yeah, that cool. was fun. And so yeah, I like Dougie Gilmore. Uh,
1: for me in Toronto, um, I just saw a documentary about the toughest players in National Hockey League from a city in Saskatchewan. I can't remember the name. But this guy comes from this town. Barry Melrose comes from this town. And they all used to beat the crap out of each other when they grew up playing minor hockey in the in the great province of Saskatchewan. But the funny thing was, when all of these guys, uh, Joey Koser from the Detroit Red Wings, the funny thing was... All of these guys, and I think it was called Kensington, maybe? Kensington? Kelvington. Kelvington. I was close. Kelvington, Saskatchewan, all these guys. Barry Melrose, this guy I'm going to mention. Joey Kosar from the Detroit Red Wings. All these guys would beat the hell out of each other when they were growing up playing hockey. But when they got to the National League, they never fought each other. They refused to fight each other. The guy for me from the Toronto Maple Leafs is Wendell Clark. Um, Oh, sure. I like Wendell Clark. I was going to go with the goaltender that won their last Stanley Cup 53 years ago. And I've got a picture of him. Um, I've got a signed picture of him that's got to be worth some money. But I want a little bit more current and I want to go with Wendell Clark. I was first introduced to Wendell Clark in the 1993 Western Conference Finals when Toronto lost to the LA Kings. But I found Wendell Clark to be a great competitor, good hockey player, good set of hands, not just for fighting. And I liked Wendell Clark a lot, so that's where I'm going with as my vote for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, Where are we going next? Columbus Blue Jackets, and you can't vote for Tortorella. As much I know, as I'd like I, to. I know I wanted to. I totally <laughs> did.
0: But uh, no, I'm going to go with Rick Nash because he looks sort of like Sackic for the Quebec Nordiques. He was all alone on an island now. in Columbus there for, it seemed like forever. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny because now they have Riley Nash, who I don't think is related, but it, I see R. Nash on the jackets now, and it's, it just brings back memories. But, you know, he had those famous goals. It seemed, like, and he wasn't, it seemed like he wasn't that good if everyone left him alone, but you put three guys hanging off him, and he, he yeah. put on a highlight real goal yeah. that you'll never forget with the guys water skiing off the back of him. So, uh, Rick Nash, I'll go with.
1: Columbus is tough for me because I don't know anybody on on Columbus. So I obviously Rick Nash, I know that, but as Chris just described, he was the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets roster for so many years. Um but I'm going with the goaltender that uh really led them to that improbable first round upset sweep last year of the of the Tampa Bay Lightning and then went on and I believe he's the guy that scored the or excuse me, went on and scored a big contract with the Florida Panthers. But uh, uh Bobrovsky I think is his name. Am I yeah, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Am I
0: close? Sergey Sergei Bo as a yeah. uh, Jay and uh, like as Jay, uh, Onright says Right. I'm
1: going with him for the Columbus Blue Jackets, just because there aren't that many to choose from. Uh, This is a team that had obviously a great run in the early 80s, had some classic battles in the Stanley Cup finals with the Edmonton Oilers. And I'm talking about now the current team being led by who I think is the best coach in National Hockey League, Barry Trotz. We're going to talk about the New York Islanders.
0: Yeah, I mean, four cups in a row from 80 to 83, and then they only stop winning cups because they encounter the Gretzky Oilers, right. who they still beat in, I think, 83. But anyway, yeah, I'm actually not going to take from that version of the team. I'm going to take Patrick LaFontaine, oh, who was nice. a who was a great player and sort of in the mold of an Iserman or a, or a Sackick, maybe a little more exuberant, but... Uh, Just one of those really elite players that if Gretzky and Lemieux weren't around, these would have been the absolute best of the best. So uh, yeah, Patrick LaFontaine, very, very talented.
1: Well, I had two names, one from the past and one from the present, if you will. Uh, My past was going to be Mike Bossy. But I think realistically, for many, many years, the seven years that he was on the island, John Tavares was the face of the New York Islanders. And so uh, I think I'm going to go with John Tavares uh, for my representative on the New York Islanders. Next team up on this, uh, again, as we welcome you to this 486th episode of Unscripted. Next on the clock, the Winnipeg Jets.
0: Well, you know what? I, and this is kind of a gray area here because I, I'm just going to say any team ever called the Winnipeg Jets is yep. what I'm going to go with. Yep. Right? So, because I know because the old one went to the Phoenix, but that's whatever. whatever. Yeah. Uh, I would say my favorite Winnipeg Jet of all time is Dale Howarchuk. <laughs> Who, oh, sorry about that.
1: That's okay. I yeah, got a backup. Mm. I
0: mean, he was... And you talk about guys like I just talked about LaFontaine. You want a guy that might have been the best player in the league if Gretzky hadn't been around. Like Dale Howarchuk was, you know, what he scored 50 goals as a rookie or something? Something like that. Like he was, yeah. he was amazing. And I know he's been in some poor health lately, so, we, you know, I feel, feel bad for Dale Howarchuk. But you talk a guy that's, uh, about a guy that's underrated. I mean... And he was highly regarded, but yet underrated how good he
1: was. You know, you hear from all the guys that played in the Canada Cup series, or they played for Team Canada in the Olympics back in the day, and they all talk about, almost with reverence, about Dale Howarchuk and what he meant to the team. And that means a lot when guys like Gretzky and Lemieux are talking about Dale Howarchuk like he's got a pair of wings, you know, like an angel's wings. I mean, they thought the world of Dale Howard Chuck, from my understanding, and uh, I think that's a great great choice there for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, I talked about this guy as as my choice for the Winnipeg Jets, and I'm going back to the original Winnipeg Jets, back from that barn that they used to play in. There has never been a better rookie season than 1993 when Timu Solani scores 76 oh, yeah. goals. And that record will never be touched. Never. Nobody will come close to 76 goals. And for that reason alone, I'm going with Timus Solani as my representative of the Winnipeg Jets. Next on the clock, oh, this should be good. The James Dolan-led New York <laughs> Rangers. The blue shirts. You're on the clock, sir. Well... I, you know,
0: I really tried to come up with someone else here and, you know, in fairness, that 94 Rangers team was really the Oilers that it was just, oh, no question. it was just, no it question. was just a bunch of old Oilers, you know, so I'm going to say though, I'm just going to go ahead and say Messier. I mean, six cups in the modern era will never be, I can't, well, I guess it could be touched. That one could be touched unlike like Timu's record. That's un that's unlikely though. I mean, you have to go... other than the Montreal guys or guys back when there were were only six teams. Like yeah. n- no one wins six cups, and no one captains two different teams. There you go, to the right cup, there. Too. So I mean, you got to give the Moose some credit there for sure. So I'll go with Mark Messier, and then
1: for him to make the the uh, proclamation. Uh, he, that he guaranteeing that they're going to win the 1994 Stanley yeah. cup and break the 50 at that time, the 54 year curse. That's pretty impressive. I had Messier in my list, but my second choice, there's a university of Wisconsin tie to this guy. And this was the guy that backstopped the 1994 Stanley cup winning Rangers team. And that's number 35, Mike Richter. I think uh, Mike Richter, he's synonymous with New York Rangers and um, he deserves uh, to be on this list. Next on our list, this should be interesting, the Calgary Flames. Sir, be kind.
0: Boy, Uh, you know, I'm kind of torn here between, not between two different guys, but between making a pick or not, because I just, I hate the Flames. And, and, you know, my plan until maybe a few seconds ago was I just, I kind of wanted to just refuse to pick one. But I am going to say, because that 89 team was impressive. Yeah. Uh, and there are maybe a couple guys I could pick there. So I'll be fair. I am going to pick Gary Roberts. Nice. Simply because he, he then went on to, you know, he had a lot of injuries and stuff. And then he went on to figure out how he could kind of rehab himself and try. And then he got on the cutting edge of uh, of you know uh, sport medicine and all that and yeah. now to this day he has his BioSteel camp where guys like Connor McDavid train in the summer and he's on just the cutting edge of training and all that stuff and and what he's done I think is really good for for training athletes and so I admire him for that so I will say Gary Roberts.
1: Listen, I got to tell you a Gary Roberts story. I spent the 1997 when I first got to Calgary. I got the unbelievable privilege of Sitting behind and listening, even in the box, I got to listen. I was in the, I was with 66 CFR, and I got to listen to Peter Marr and Doug Barkley. Not so much Barkley, but obviously Peter Marr. And um, my first, very first time that I was sent into the Flames dressing room, my first interview was with Gary Roberts. And I have never, to this day, and I've interviewed a lot of players, I have never interviewed a nicer guy. He knew I was new. He knew that I was green. He knew that uh, green in regard to being in National Hockey League dressing rooms. I, at that time, was much more comfortable with obviously with the NBA players and the NFL players because in the states, you know, unfortunately, the states don't have the same regard for the National Hockey League unless you're in one of the original six markets. They're unbelievably passionate there, but unless you're in Chicago, Detroit, New York, the other, you know, sometimes hockey isn't the you know, isn't the isn't the be all end all, but um, I love Gary Roberts. I'll never forget him for that. Um, great respect, but I'm going with Theron Fleury here, um, and the reason I'm going with Theron Fleury is that he was a very good hockey player. People forget about that. They want to fixate sometimes when you're talking about Theron Fleury, about his drinking and his and his drug problems and his gambling problems, and you know what? And I've said this on the program before. You see Theron Fleury all over this city not now, of course, during the coronavirus thing, but you have a chance if you go into any number of restaurants in this city and you're going to see Theron Fleury. And he's now very approachable. You can go up and, and bullshit with him. You can go up there and laugh at him or with him. He just is, you know, he brought a lot of this stuff on himself. I get that. And the documentary that was done about him a couple of years ago was very well done about how he was up here, and then he went to New York, and it just went, you know, sniffed it up his nose, and, and, you know, but Theron Fleury is a good guy. He's made some mistakes, but I'm telling you guys, from where he came from and what he's overcome in regard to the parents that he had and the alcohol problems that his father had and what he's had to overcome to get to where he is, won a Stanley Cup in 89, won gold with the um, Canadian men's hockey team, I'm going with Theron Flurry for the Calgary Flames.
0: That's fair. I didn't like him as a kid because I was an Oilers fan. Well, sure. But, I mean, as an adult, yeah, he would come in and buy phones, and he was always very, very nice and humble. And uh, I have nothing bad to say about Theron Fleury. And I actually quite enjoy him on Twitter, too. He's got some very conservative uh, positions, and he can't stand Trudeau. And, you know, so we're very well, aligned. We're,
1: we're aligned with that. Yeah, I know we're
0: very aligned now as adults. But uh, as a kid, I'll never forget him scoring the sliding goal. Yeah. And then me going to bed and just kicking my sheets. My parents had to come and calm me down because I was so mad. I'll never forget that. I was, you know, whatever. I what was, are you,
1: nine years old, Well, uh, I was nine yeah, or probably ten? 10.
0: Probably 10, yeah. something, yeah, 10 or 11. Um, Well, it would, yeah, it would have, been, would have been at least 11. But anyway, we don't need to talk about that. Uh, okay. Next
1: on our list, where we're going next is a, let's see, Vancouver. We're going to the uh, Vancouver Canucks. And I've got an interesting one here.
0: All right. Uh, fast and exciting and ahead of his time, Pavel
1: Buret. I'm going uh, probably even more uh, this guy was a, was a great team pl- team player um probably sacrificed some personal stats during his career but I was a, a big fan of the way Marcus Naslin played. Oh. Um you know, uh unselfish, always looking to make the extra pass to put his teammates in a better position and the two Sedin sisters don't accomplish all that they do in the National Hockey League without the help of Marcus without the help of Marcus Naslund. And I don't care if we had, uh, you know, the sister's dad sitting right here right now. I'd say the same damn thing. I'm a big fan of Marcus Naslin and any success that Danielle and uh, his other sister, the Sadine sister, whatever success they had, in my opinion, a lot of it is attributable to Marcus Naslin. Um, This one, next one could be a difficult one for both of us. Um, I had to scratch for a long time on this one. So I've got one. But I had to go back to way, way back. Let's talk about the Florida Panthers.
0: Yeah, this is an interesting one. And I don't want to step on your toes there because... Uh, I'm wondering, you've already used Bobrovsky, so you can't use him. Did you maybe pick a goaltender? From, I did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure number 34, maybe. And
1: he's got a Wisconsin tie.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure I know who you picked. But anyway, uh, I'll just leave that one for you then. And uh, for the Florida Panthers, I will go with a current player. I'll go with Alexander Sasha Barkov. And nice. he's, he's very, very talented. I used to watch before he was drafted, I used to watch his uh, shootout and wonder if he could fall to the Oilers in the draft and just, just a super talented guy
1: and uh, yeah really great player. Good one. Um, I'm going with Van Beesbrook. Of course. Um, you know, um, very early in the franchise of the Florida Panthers, Van Beesbrook, uh, led them to the Stanley Cup final, I believe, in 96. Not quite sure about that. 97, 97 I think. Against was it? Detroit, okay. they got swept, I think. Yeah, but, I mean, they made yeah. it as a as a very young team, and the reason that they made it was because of Van Beesbrook. Van Beesbrook backed up Mike Richter in New York for a lot of years, and then he finally got the chance as he was exposed in the expansion draft and went to Florida and led the Panthers to the 97 Stanley Cup finals. So, um I just could not, I could not in my life and in my, in reality, I couldn't give it to Roberto Luongo because I don't think that they should be retiring his number one in South Florida. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, Van Beesbrook did one thing that Luongo could never do. And that was to take a Florida Panthers team to the Stanley cup finals. And that was the reason I went with Van Beesbrook plus there's the Wisconsin tie. Um, let's go to Minnesota. No, not Minnesota. Let's go to Nashville. The Predators. This is going to be really tough for me, so I'm going to ask you to go first on this one. Yeah, no problem at all.
0: Yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to go with Philip Forsberg, just for pure talent, and David Poyle, the amazing GM of Nashville, just, you know, and I think at the time must have been George McPhee in Washington, so it was really surprising that this was pulled off, but I remember he got Philip Forsberg, who at the time was a just a young prospect but everyone should have known how good he was mm-hmm. and he got him for martin erat which was weird and uh i remember that my Pure Later guy at work would come in he was a huge nhl fan and he's like Forsberg, he got him for he got <laughs> Forsberg for Irad, like and he was just freaking out, like what? And I'm like, well, yeah, it's David Poyle. He's unbelievably yeah. brilliant, right? Yeah. So, and Forsberg to this day has turned out and is still playing with them, like you know, whatever this is. I went to get traded ten years ago, like it's been a long time. So, brilliant trade there, and Philip Forsberg, extremely talented
1: young man. Um, Nashville, um, you know, um, this was a trade that was quite controversial a couple years ago. Nashville sends uh, uh, P.K. Subban, excuse me, Montreal sends P.K. Subban to Nashville for this guy. And I think for a lot, a lot of years, this guy was the quarterback on the back end of the Nashville Defenseman Corps. And I think that uh, Shea Weber, um, he took some unnecessary shit from some very... Uh, Unrealistic Montreal fans. And the reason I say that is Shea Weber had some real injury problems his first couple of years in Montreal, and you didn't get to see the real Shea Weber. But I think Shea Weber is a hell of a, a hell of a defenseman and a good hockey player. And uh, you know, there aren't yes, David Poyle is an unbelievable general manager. I think he has a little bit of a problem sometimes with coaches in regard to maybe keeping them too long or not giving them enough of a of a noose. I think Peter Laviolette should have been kept through at least the remainder of this season. Uh, I think he pushed the panic button a little bit there. But realistically, again, this is one of those non, you know, big six markets down there in the States, uh, original six markets. And sometimes I think the Nashville Predators get lost with the country music down there in in Nashville. And there isn't a lot of, you know, there isn't a lot of uh, publicity about the Nashville Predators hockey team. And I think during his years in Nashville, uh, I really was a fan of Shea Weber, and that's why he made my list. I, and, and again, I don't know a lot of, my, of uh, being totally honest, totally transparent here. I don't know a lot of Montreal, uh, excuse me, Montreal, uh, Nashville Predators. But this guy I do, and I respect his game. Yeah, that's so why that's he pick, makes yeah. the choice for me. Um, we're going to Minnesota the new reincarnation of the Minnesota Wild, and uh, who's your choice with Minnesota?
0: Well, obviously, my favorite player for the Minnesota Wild of all time is Devin Dubnik. <laughs> <laughs> April Fools, fuck you, Dubnik, you piece of shit. Fuck you. Ugh, anyway, what an idiot. No, I'm going to take, take the guy, and I should be mad at this guy, but I'm actually going to take uh, a really underrated player and, and people regard him, again, he's one of those ones, people regard him highly, but he's still underrated, I think. And that's Ryan Souter. And he's the God reason, he's the reason that Dubnik looked good for a while there. Yeah. And all of a sudden people are t- talking about, oh, there's enough for Dubnik. After, you know, you know, Barry Trotz was like, this guy doesn't even know how to play goalie. And right. then Montreal started a guy with 10 games experience over him in the playoffs, And like, the guy is just an idiot. Yeah. He's an idiot and he sucks and he's just tall and has big equipment. <laughs> <laughs> and I enjoyed so much watching last year when he slipped and cracked his head on the ice and it just made me so happy. Can't stand that idiot. One of my least favorite athletes outside the UFC at least. So Ryan Suter, just, just a miracle worker to make Devin Dubnik look good in net.
1: Okay, I know no Minnesota wild guys. I mean, I had Ryan Suter right here. and um, But there was a guy that played at Minnesota that I liked his game a little bit. Saku Koivu's brother. Miku
0: Koivu. Miku Koivu. He's still there. Yeah.
1: And that's yeah. why I'm going for him. I just didn't know his first name. Yeah. <laughs> I had I had Ryan Suter written here. That got taken. So I'm going with uh, Saku Koivu's younger brother. Okay. How's that? That's fair. Yeah. Okay. No problem, Next though. we're on the clock is the Arizona Coyotes.
0: Sure. Yeah. I, I've never cared for this franchise either, but I'll just go with Oliver Ekman Larson, the captain, and he is... You know, affectionately known as OEL and the guy just plays in front of no fans there. He signed a long term deal with him. I think he signed up for eight years with him. And he's just wasting his time and he could go somewhere and be something special. And um yeah, I am kinda disappointed he's signed up there for so long. But yeah, just a just a great player.
1: Well, I, I Arizona has been um nondescript and you could say that. for many, many years, probably since day one. They play out in Glendale, Arizona. Nobody's out there. Um, and when I really don't know a lot of players on the team, if there's a Wisconsin angle, I'm taking it. And so in this case, I'm playing my Wisconsin card and I'm going with Phil Kessel, um, proven goal, a uh, goal score. Yes. He's played with some great line mates, both in Pittsburgh and in Toronto. And obviously that had something to do with the inflated numbers, that he's been able to assemble over his career, but you don't last as long as Phil Kessel has in the National Hockey League, and Phil Kessel is durable, man. He does not miss many games, and again, because of the connection to Madison, Wisconsin, uh, my pick on the Arizona Coyotes hockey club is Phil Kessel, um, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be ashamed by that at all. Um, let's continue on. This should be a fun one. Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Unlike some of those last few franchises we've gone through. This one, there's no shortage. No of great shortage. Players. Yeah. Uh, no I'm shortage. sure you won't have trouble with this one. Nope. This one, uh, I'm going to actually give a tie. Yeah. And I don't think you will have either one of these guys. Probably not. Personally. Uh, none of them are current, but I'm going to give the tie to uh, Denny Savard mm. and Steve Larmer and mm. denny savard was just uh, way ahead of his time with how his stick handling was yeah. how his silky hands were the silky mitts yeah. and denny savard you know uh, for quite a while he had that one goal where they thought that it was the greatest goal of all time i wouldn't say it anymore but uh that was amazing and he was just such a talented guy and um and actually you know he uh, at, as of right now i think he's still the, he's i think he's still second behind bobby hall for points by a Blackhawk. Mm-hmm. He's ahead of Kane and Larmer and Taves and everyone else it looks like, I believe. So I like Denny Savard and I like Steve Larmer because I admire his Iron Man streak. I remember yep. collecting hockey cards and it was just 80, 80, 80, 80, 80. He, just, he the guy never missed a game. And uh, I, I really admire that kind of durability and consistency.
1: Well, you know, my first exposure to the National Hockey League was back in the day with the Chicago Blackhawks. And um, this guy, I said some, you know, some interesting things as I'm wont to say, when you talked about his son, Brett Hall, but really when I was growing up and first saw Chicago Blackhawks hockey back on the day and WGN out of Chicago, um, Bobby Hall was the guy and he's the guy I most remember. There's been some great players that have gone through that old barn on Madison Avenue and now the new United center in Chicago. Chris rattled off a bunch of those names, but I've got to go back to where I was first exposed to hockey wondering what the hell they're doing on this ice rink. And the guy that was, that stood out to me that was head and shoulders above everybody else on that ice. And remember this is in the early days of hockey on television, black and white in some instances. And, but Bobby Hall just had a a flair about him and love him or loathe him. I know a lot of people love him and loathe him, but, uh, as a as an entertainment value and you're trying to learn the game of hockey and understand the game of hockey, it was fun to watch uh, Bobby Hall on the ice for the Chicago Blackhawks back in the day. Here's another great franchise that we should have no problem with, the Montreal Canadiens.
0: Yeah. Oh, and by the way, just whenever you hear it say Bobby Hall, I always think of, there was a famous thing where he was shooting pucks and doing slap shots in practice and he hit one so hard it went up into the stands and broke off a piece of the seat yeah yeah. like I mean it's just ridiculous so anyway Montreal yeah another another original six legendary another original six legendary franchise and um, I am actually going to go with a current guy I'm actually going to go with Carey Price because he's so talented and I feel so bad that he's never gotten to get the you know, the Stanley Cup or any awards that he deserves. I mean, he really should have been on a contender and been and been winning, you know, multiple cups at this point. So I feel really bad for him. I do also just want to say, whenever I think of the Habs, I think of one of the most hilarious, insulting nicknames of all time, which is uh for a goalie they used to have back in the day, late 80s, early 90s, early I think it was in the 90s. And this guy's real first name was Andre. And he was known, uh, not affectionately as red light Rasico And I just, man, can you imagine you work your whole life to get the NHL, be a goalie. And then, you know, the red light goes on whenever they score on you and people call you red light rasico. Oh, <laughs> that's so mean. Anyway.
1: Well, I'm going, um, I'm going old on you here. Yeah. Not pocket rocket. I mean, we've talked about him a lot in the last couple of weeks on unscripted the eleven Stanley Cups are enough. Enough said right there. Obviously his brother, um, you know, Maurice Richard. Um, you know, there's so much. There's so much to choose from in regard to the Montreal Canadians. 24, 25 uh, Stanley Cup championships as an organization. Hasn't been one since nineteen ninety three though. But I'm going back a ways and I'm going back to a beer commercial. Going back to an old Miller light commercial when they used to have athletes that would go crazy. And if you remember, I, I, I'm dating myself here. We're going back to the early, late 70s, early 80s. Uh, John Madden had a famous run as a beer spokesman for Miller Lite. But Boom Boom on was the first hockey player that got onto this Miller Lite series or this Miller Lite commercial for athletes. And uh, Boom Boom, I got to interview him many years ago. Um, his son went on Blake Jeffrey on, went on and had a successful career at the university of Wisconsin. So I'm playing my Wisconsin card again, but I also remember boom, boom Jeffrey on in these old Miller light commercials. And that's why I'm putting boom, boom Jeffrey on, on my list for the Montreal Canadians. I don't know why I just oh. can next one. We're going to, this could be difficult because you've already used Pat LaFontaine oh, when I'm talking f- about the Buffalo Sabres.
0: Oh, this franchise is easy. I, 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 I have too many to pick from yeah. right off the top of my head. Buffalo, uh, I'd have to give an honorable mention to Pierre Turgeon who oh, was yeah. one of yeah. the most underrated scorers yeah. ever. People don't realize how good that guy was. was yeah. There were because they're, because they're you know the goalies were so bad and everything there were too many guys getting big points and some were talented and some really weren't. They were just kind of lucky and Pierre Turgeon was the real deal. He was fantastic, and also an honourable mention to Phil Housley. Not that that I, was going to be my guy. I, I, I apologise, so that's just yeah. an honourable mention. I just wanted to make sure he didn't get missed. I'm not picking him, though, no. so you still can if you want. No, my number one is the dominator, Dominic Hasek, yeah. for Buffalo. Uh, I miss the athletic goalie. That was what I really loved as a kid, other than watching Gretzky, was watching Grant Fuhrer make athletic saves, and I miss the athleticism and all that of Dominic Hasek the pure flexibility, the improvisation. I miss that. Now it's just big guys trying to square themselves with the puck and hope it hits them. How do you get a highlight out of that? So Dominic Hasek, the dominator all the way.
1: I'm going to go ahead then and take my first choice. Um, I think to this day, Phil Housley uh, got screwed last year by the Peculias. I think that's how you say it. And if I'm not saying it right, who the hell cares? Um, Terry and his wife. And, um, I, I just, I, I think Phil Housley and I said this and I still stay true to this today, the next NHL head coaching position that Phil Housley gets, he's going to do well. He's going to win a Jack Adams. I don't think the Pagulias know enough about the national hockey league to let a good hockey man like Phil Housley go. And I know Ralph Kruger is good. I'm not saying he isn't, I'm not saying he isn't because Chris has tuned me up about Ralph Kruger and what he has meant, and I get it. And I also get it from when Ralph Kruger was the coach of the Edmonton Oilers. We'd see Edmonton six times a year, so I know his qualifications. But I also think Phil Housley's got some great qualifications too, and I think that it's too bad that he got screwed over in the city that he was most famous for plying his trade for all those years as a member of the Buffalo Sabres, and that's why I'm going with Phil Housley. Uh, Next on the list is... The New Jersey Devils, sure. Yes yes.
0: Okay, well, they're famous for their, their you know, the, this back three, the two defensemen and the one goalie that won the cup there. And uh, I'm going to leave the gimme there for you uh, because uh, I think I know who you're going to pick. But with that that defensive pairing, I'll give the honorable mention to Scott Niedermeyer, who was just unbelievable unbelievable, and was, was actually really important for Canada internationally too. Correct. He was really underrated with, you know, when we just expect that Canada is going to win all the time. Well, we really needed him a lot of the time. Uh, But I'm going to go with Scott Stevens. Mm. Oh, really? I I wanted
1: Scott Stevens.
0: I thought you were going with No,
1: that's too easy. Oh, man. I I wanted Scott Stevens because I will never forget the hit that he put on mid-ice on Lindros. And I don't think Lindros was ever the same. No, never. No, And he he did that to Lindros twice. Correct. But the most memorable one to me was the very first one when he just lit him up in the old Spectrum in Philly. And I just... I have such great admiration for Scott Stevens because I, don't, I think there was a time that he may have been the most hated man in the National Hockey League, but it didn't bother him. He just went out and played his game every night and did his thing. And we, we lauded a lot of, or back in the day, we gave a lot of praise to uh, Jacques Lemaire's system, or Jacques Lemaire's system, excuse me. And we gave a lot of, of uh, and, and rightfully so. I mean, Martin Brodeur with the 125 career shutouts, outstanding. But the little guy, the little engine that made that – the guy that made that engine go to me was Scott Stevens, an indispensable leader. We talk about Messier's being a great leader, and rightfully so. But this guy was on par in my estimation as in regard to his leadership capabilities. I would have gone with Scott Stevens. If that had been given to me, you went with him. Uh, Well, you well, know no, what? You can go with him. Are you oh, sure? You just sure. Had, you just had such a nice thing. About, I'll take Niedermeyer.
0: You had such a nice defense of Scott Stevens there. I mainly picked him. Because in fairness, uh, Niedermeyer was, I think, the real like glue that made sure that he was... Well, he Stevens was more wasn't just, skilled. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, Stevens not just running around hitting people. He he really benefited from having such a rock-solid guy no like question. Niedermeyer there. So I'll take Niedermeyer. That's fine. You just Stevens. But the main reason, because they're basically... I love them both, but... Uh, I mainly took uh, Stevens, not even because of any of his hits, and we'll never forget the Paul Korea one, too. Right. He lays him out, knocks him unconscious, and then all of a sudden, Paul Korea comes to life, and you see, like, his, his visor instantly gets all steamy, like, yeah. it's all, all the hot air. Can- like, it yeah. was... Ooh, it was crazy. But, uh, no, the the story I liked, and I think it was Mark Messier, of all people, who told this. They were driving somewhere, and they stopped to get gas, and Stevens is driving, so he gets out to put 20 bucks of gas in his truck, and... So he's filling it up, and then Messier and someone else are in the car, and they see that someone's robbing the gas station with a gun. <laughs> I mean, and and so hard. Mark Messier, a tough guy, right, yeah. is like cowering in the truck and like, oh, crap, I'm, you know, and him and the other guy don't want to get out of the truck. They're scared. Scott Stevens fucking walks up to the gas station, walks in, takes 20 bucks, throws it on the counter, and walks out.
1: Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> there's a guy with a gun, and he's just like, "Yeah, hey, I'm paying my 20 bucks. Whatever happens with it, I'm out. to you like just didn't give a fuck like holy shit you can't fake that no
1: you can't no (laughs)
0: that's just like oh fuck this guy's the real deal on messing with him
1: um where are we going next all right we're going to anaheim oh good we're going to the anaheim well they're not the anaheim mighty ducks anymore the anaheim ducks
0: Ugh, i can't stand this franchise who did you pick i don't even like
1: i've got two i've got two please go ahead i've got gets laugh or cory perry
0: Oh, I don't like either of those guys. But. I don't know many of them. I mean, well, because,
1: I mean, you oh. want to give it to John Sebastian Jaguar for winning the 2003 Stanley Cup as the goaltender? Men- gold I don't know.
0: I feel like I'm forgetting someone I There's like probably, on there. Yeah,
1: I mean, and we've already said Niedermeyer because Niedermeyer ended yeah. his career in Anaheim. And, uh, you know, our favorite player, Greasy Boy, our favorite GM, Greasy Boy, Brian Burke, says Scott Niedermeyer is the best player he's ever seen. But since we use Niedermeyer on New Jersey, I'm going with Ryan Getzlaff for Corey oh, Perry.
0: Okay, so you got Stevens on. Okay, you know what? I'm just going to say Martin Brodeur on New Jersey, and I'm going to say Niedermeyer on the on the Ducks because I'm not going to get anybody for the Ducks. I don't like this. No, franchise. I don't like
1: this franchise either. Yeah, Mickey Mouse is more is more is better. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. let's go to the other team in L.A. the the Los Angeles the Los Angeles Kings. Yeah, we know where I'm going with this one. The great one, the all time Mr. Gretzky. We used. Uh, Yeah, so uh, you put Gretzky in Edmonton, I'm putting Gretzky in LA,
0: and uh, the floor is yours. Oh, well, I'm just going to give it to our buddy Bernie Nichols. There you go. Friend of the show, great guy, class act, really just One of
1: five players in National Hockey League history to score 150 points in a singular NHL season, and he's also the only one of those five that isn't in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I think, sorry, but I think it just comes down to simply this, he never won a cup
0: not as a player but did as a well as a I get coach. that but yeah.
1: as a player never want to
0: come yeah i'd i'd like to see bernie in there just a class act and a great representative of the game of hockey and just a you know like wayne and lots of like so many guys just a really good person and just you know, some especially with some of these other sports, you get all these guys that are just trash. Leadheads. Yeah, yep. and then you get just classy guys like Bernie, and uh, we've really enjoyed having him on the show, and he's just a really good guy, and nothing I could ever say bad about Bernie
1: Nichols. No, I agree, and um, I, I gained so much respect for Bernie Nichols when he was on a golf course, and uh, he stopped his round and let people through to continue his interview with us. And uh very appreciative of that. And it just shows the class that is one Bernie Nichols. San Jose Sharks, one of Bernie's many teams. San Jose Sharks is our next on the clock. The floor is yours.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Another team that I just really, really don't like very much. So I'll just, I'll just go with Patrick Marlowe from Android, Saskatchewan. And uh, I'll just go with that.
1: You know, I, I don't like this team at all. And I just, there's a, there's a lot of different ways to go here, but you'll find this funny. I'm giving this award out to what I think is the ugliest man in hockey. I was originally going to put him on the Colorado Avalanche, but then I decided to go with Nathan McKinnon. I'm going to put Mike Ricci in this slot.
0: Ugh. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll never forget the sign and there's such a good picture on the internet of it because Chelios sees it Chelio, Chris Chelios is skating around yeah. and he looks up and there's these two guys and the, <laughs> this guy is holding this massive sign like it's gigantic and the guy is just laughing about it he's just like Aha! and he's holding this huge sign and you see Chelios skate by and he sees it and he's like oh I can't believe he put that and, and the sign just says hey Chelios you're uglier than Richie. <laughs> 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 it's so good and it's like oh what do you say to that it's like oh, fuck. i
1: i'm going with the ugliest man in hockey cuz you know we've given we've given it the ugliest man in hockey to Scotty Pippen in from Chicago in the National Basketball Association and the NHL it's Mike Ricci needed to find a place for him on this list and i'm putting him with the San Jose Sharks we're coming up to the final two by record right now but a 23 point difference i was told earlier today yep Ottawa's got a 23 point head start on the Detroit Red Wings, but next on our list, Uncle Eugene's team, the Ottawa Senators.
0: It's you know what? I'm going I'm going to do something different. I'm going to pick a guy for all the wrong reasons. Okay. Okay. I'm going to pick Alexander Digg, <laughs> former first overall pick just because it's so funny. Uh first overall pick and just a guy that didn't really like playing hockey. Now, that's fair. Like he was you know, your parents put you in shit when you're a kid yep. and they just want you to do it. And he just was good at it, but didn't care and was just a complete bust. Was just a, I mean, well, no, I, I was going to say he's he was actually better than Ryan Leaf. And I think he had at least one okay season, mm-hmm. but he just, he was not a first overall no. pick, not even close. And it's really, t- I, I did feel bad. You get a new Canadian franchise, a franchise that actually had been dormant for about 60 years at the time in the early 90s. And I guess they started in 92, 93, I think they came back. And, you know, and they just really needed that, you know, Connor McDavid yeah. or something to come in and really jumpstart the rebuild and, and, the, and bring the franchise back. And they get Alexander Digg. And it was just, you know, I felt bad for them, but it was still kind of funny and how bad a pick that was. And it wasn't their fault because he was the consensus right. number one. Right. But uh, I'm just going to pick a guy for all the wrong reasons.
1: Well, thank you for making my choice a lot easier. And since we said we couldn't vote for administrators or coaches or anything like that, I'm going with defenseman Eric Carlson. Uh, When they made their last run and made it into the Eastern Conference Finals, I guess it'd be, what, 2017, um, I thought Carlson was the best defenseman and one of the best players, period, in the National Hockey League, and he had a great year. He's never been able to really uh, do that again, Uh, and injuries are probably a concern Uh, I know he signed the big contract with San Jose, but his years in San Jose have not been good to him. But for his years with the Ottawa Senators and a lack of really not knowing that many players, I'm going with Eric Carlson. Our final, um, we've gone really long in this episode, but who the hell cares? It's been a lot of fun. Great suggestion by our buddy Ryan Hall. Really enjoyed doing this. I look forward to potentially doing this in the National Football League soon. I think we'd have a lot of fun with that. But our last entrant here is the Detroit Red Wings, 23 points behind the Ottawa Senators, points-wise, 23 points worse behind the second team standings-wise in the National Hockey League. But when you make the playoffs 25 years in a row, that's what happens. The Detroit Red Wings are paying for previous success, and as we round out this 31-team little extravaganza, the Detroit Red Wings, you're on the clock.
0: Well, actually, I will uh, defer to you on this one because I like a lot of guys uh, in their history. So please, go ahead.
1: I'm going with Nicholas Lidstrom. Oh, okay. I, I love Nicholas Lidstrom. Sure. He put a different spin on being a defenseman in the National Hockey League. And all those Norris trophies that he won was reflective of how good this guy was. And, and I think Nick Lidstrom, now I'm being a bit facetious here, but Nick Lidstrom is one of those guys that I think could play at any time and in any era. Mm -hmm. and uh, that's the reason, and I think Nick Lidstrom was a lot of the reason why the Detroit Red Wings were in the playoffs for 25 years in a row. He was a superstar, didn't go out and look for it in regard to the celebrity aspect of it, but he was a solid, solid stay-at-home Norris-winning trophy defenseman, and you you could go a lot of different ways with the Detroit Red Wings. I could have played the Wisconsin card again and gone with Chelios but for me, it was easily Nick Lidstrom.
0: Sure, and there's so many that I like, and the, you know, the real reason that they lasted so long in the playoffs was because of amazing drafting. That's mm-hmm. why, you know, when you get Pavel Datsuk, Ken Holland, yeah, when you get Pavel Datsuk in the sixth round and Hendrik Zetterberg in the seventh, yeah, exactly. and and you draft Nick Lidstrom, I mean, and then you draft and you draft Steve Yzerman, yeah. Sergey Fedorov, I mean, yeah. like every... Vladimir
1: Konstantinov, yeah. And Plus dada, back dada, in the dada, day, dada. they were good
0: and they had Gordy yeah. Howe. Like I mean. You know, in multiple eras, they Ted, Ted Lindsey going back, oh, you know, sure, yeah, it's still, Vecchio, sure, I mean, how far do you want to go back? But yeah, I mean, really, a, a pretty legendary franchise and, and good for them. Uh, I, I'll just, I hate to be typical, but I have to go with Steve Eiserman. Yeah. I did want to leave that for you in, in case you wanted. And I do love Pavel Datsuk and you know, uh, you know, bucking the Russian stereotype of you know, the, the well, I mean, I, I guess in hockey, you get a lot of the smooth guys, but um, he wasn't. Like, Pavel Datsuk wasn't flashy, really, like, other, in terms of, like, off the... He wasn't, like, this, you know, fireball all the time, this yeah. ball of energy or anything. He was this, you know, very conservative and laid-back kind of a guy and, and quiet, and, and he'd go out there, and he would just effortlessly deke the shit out of you, and he was amazing. But Steve Eiserman is everything you want, An incredibly humble, has become a great GM because he's smart... Uh, you know, modest and just a talented guy, but could also rally the troops and yep. be a captain and and motivate you and get you going. And you didn't want Steve Iserman to be disappointed in you, you know? Got so right. yeah. So just a great guy, uh, willed the team to victory on back-to-back cups and uh, yeah, nothing bad to say about Stevie Y. And as Bill Clinton famously said when they were visiting the cup uh, here with the captain of the Red Wings, Steve Iserman. <laughs> Fuck off, Bill.
1: (laughs) Well, he had Monica on his mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, On his face. A lot lot of fun. Really enjoyed this episode. Again, props to Ryan Hall. Uh, Great suggestion. I look forward to doing it with the National Football League. Um, You know, when you're sitting here in a a uh, COVID-19 pandemic, uh, you're always looking for things to talk about. Thank you, Ryan. Great job. I had a lot of fun with this. We went long. It's reflective, but a lot of fun and uh look forward again to doing it with the national football league at the proper time um again we got to run but i want to mention please your subscriptions really make a difference we saw that the week of uh, march or the days of march 29th and 30th uh to have your support was great if you could go could go to our stitcher tune in spotify google play or itunes those are our big 5 if you could go on to one of them preferably all five of them and subscribe We would be eternally grateful to you. Um, We've got to run. and We've gone long. I'm not going to apologize for it. A lot of fun with this one. Can't wait to listen when Chris posts this one. I'll be able to walk around my neighborhood for days listening to this one. Uh, This has been episode number 486 of Unscripted. Having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.